0: It's got soul this hero farm falls asleep inside We walk the fields under the stars Gold
1: Welcome to Gold Shaw Farm. I'm your host Morgan Gold. Each episode on our podcast we bring you stories of people who are homesteading, farming and following their dreams. And today, I'm actually just kicking back and enjoying a beautiful day here in northern Vermont. I live in a a really rural area. Uh, The town I live in is only about 750 people. The area and region I live in is the least populated part of Vermont, which is one of the least populous states in the United States of America. I absolutely do not live in a city. These days, I live far from the city. But... It wasn't all that long ago that I was actually living right in the heart of a couple of different major cities. Um, Actually, if I look at it right now, um, just this week um, that I'm recording this here in May, um, it marks the one year anniversary that I left living in Washington, D.C. to move up to the farm here full time. It's remarkable how quickly that time has passed and it feels like eons since I actually lived in a city but the the urban lifestyle was so much a part of my day to day for so long it's it's hard to forget it. um you know, I grew up in the the suburbs of Connecticut and I left when I was eighteen and I moved to Boston where I attended college for four years or so and then after I graduated college, I moved to to Central Connecticut and ended up living in Hartford for. Gosh, it was almost about eight years or so. Hartford is one of the poorest cities in America, yet it's in one of the wealthiest states in America. But it's very much an urban environment. Um and, and ultimately though, when I was about thirty years old, I left Hartford and took a job living in New York City. Um I moved to, to Brooklyn and uh, you know, worked in Manhattan and, you know, commuted on the subway every day for nearly five years. And that experience for me was was awesome and I enjoyed it so much. There were times that Allison, my wife and I we we would we would talk about wanting to live forever and wanting to spend our entire lives living in Brooklyn. We just loved the atmosphere and the personality of the different neighborhoods. We loved all the shops and restaurants and bars and just all of the people, and we had so many friends, and there was always something going on, and it was just so much activity. And, and we just absolutely loved it and dreamed of living there forever. Our first apartment in Brooklyn was actually um, the, the garden level of a brownstone. And the brownstone was owned by this really, really nice older couple who had owned that property for years and years. They, I think they bought it like in the early 70s when the neighborhood that we were living in was, you know, like a war zone practically. Crime was rampant. It was horrible. You could get robbed, you could get shot. All sorts of bad stuff would happen in that neighborhood back then. But they bought that house, they fixed it up, they took good care of it. And, you know, by the time we were living there, um, you know, brownstones like that were selling for millions and millions of dollars right in that neighborhood. Um, but, but one of the things that this couple did was they actually built some incredible gardens in the backyard of their Brooklyn brownstone. And it was really the first time I ever appreciated the fact that, you know, you could still grow vegetables and you could still grow food, even if you're living in the city. And, and they were nice enough to actually let us grow certain plants. Like, you know, we had a couple of potted uh, tomatoes and a couple of potted uh, strawberry plants and you know, we were able to really enjoy that. And and that started our our experience of trying to grow food in an urban environment. Uh, When we left that apartment and moved to a slightly bigger place, we ended up having roof access. And so we ended up uh, growing a whole bunch of tomatoes and peppers and other things in pots on the rooftop. And it was kind of fun to wake up every morning and go out up on the rooftop to water the plants. And you could look out and see you know, all of the bridges that connected to Manhattan and then all the buildings that were in Manhattan, you could identify any sort of building you'd want. You know, I could see the Empire State Building. I could see the Chrysler Building. I could see the, the, the Freedom Tower um, as they were building it because they hadn't even completed it at that point. And, and it just gave you this sense that you lived on the top of the world. And there I was growing tomatoes on the top of the world in a city. Uh, one of the biggest cities on earth. And it was kind of cool to to be able to come home from from work and watch the sunset over Manhattan and sit outside and eat our dinner and eat tomatoes that we grew right there on that very rooftop. and And that was really probably my first experience as an adult where I was enjoying agriculture and enjoying my own food. And as we Left New York City for jobs in Washington, D.C. We sort of expanded. We were living in a row house. And so we took over the, the front yard of that row house and put in garden beds and tried to grow more and more of our food. And it was in that process that we ultimately stumbled on this idea that, yeah, we would want a farm. And, and have it out there in the middle of nowhere and try to actually move from the city life to the country life and and make the switch that we would ultimately make when we moved up here to our farm, Goldshaw Farm. So I tell you this big long rambling story of our experiences of gardening in the city, because I think it's important to recognize that sometimes people can get trapped in this vision of saying, I need to live out in the country I need to live in a rural environment. And once I do that, that's when I can start homesteading. That's when I can start growing my own food. But the truth is you don't need to wait until then. I could have continued on that trajectory for years and years doing lots of container gardening types of things or lots of uh, simple raised bed gardening in D.C. And even though we have a crazy amount of space here on our farm in Vermont, we only use a, a small, small, small portion of it to grow food. In fact, we could have moved to a property that was probably like one twentieth the size of this place and grow just as much food for ourselves as we're growing right now. And and so I think it's important to recognize that. So for you guys who are out there having homestead dreams, don't don't necessarily think that that's the way you need to go. You need to go big or go home and you need 10, 20, 50, 100 acres to really be successful in growing your own food. A friend of mine uh, lives out in Michigan, a small city out in Michigan goes by the name of uh, Joshua DeYonker. And and Josh, he and his wife and have a couple of kids and they, they have a small lot and they have uh, several raised garden beds. They've tried to put in a couple of small fruit trees. They even built a tiny little greenhouse. And it's amazing to see some of the stuff that they produce at their place. And the other day I actually sat down with Josh and had a conversation. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it when you start to think about how you can farm small and homestead on a small scale in a city and enjoy all the comforts and and nice things of a city, but still be able to grow your own food and live a different kind of self-sustainable life.
0: I spent most of my younger years like in the city. We lived down in a, it's, well, it's Warren, it's kind of close to Detroit, a lot closer than we are now. And we just lived in the city, you know, a block full of kids. So I walked down to school every morning. And I, you know, I grew up there for most of my life until like sixth or seventh grade when we moved up out into the country. My dad really wanted to buy some property, right? So he bought three acres and found like another parcel next to it that was another three acres. So he had six total. We moved out to the country you know we get out there i jump out of the car i got my skateboard in hand you know and i ain't nothing but dirt all around you know it's like a uh, kind of a culture shock at that time because i was really into like bike riding and skateboarding and then we moved out to the country and it's it's a lot different when you get, <laughs> you get out there with it back then were you were you gardening and growing stuff at that time no <laughs> like when we moved out there my mom was always into like flowers and stuff so she did the flower beds and all that and uh she probably started her the the vegetable garden a couple years after we moved out to that that place. And they just dissed a big area up and we just you know, helped her plant things out there. Just normal stuff, zucchinis, squash, pumpkins, that kind of stuff. So I guess we kind of started when we were younger. It was probably like in seventh, to eighth grade when we put the garden in and started like helping mom out in the garden and stuff. So for me it was a little bit later. You know, my brothers are younger than I am by a few years, so they've been kind of we're gardening a lot sooner than I was
1: and um, when did you start gardening though
0: uh like on my own (laughs) yeah on your own (laughs) so when we bought our house it was almost 11 years ago now and there was like a garden out there kind of a small one and my wife tended to it I was out of town one summer and she was like I'm gonna make a garden so I was out of town working a lot that summer she made a garden out there and I would come home and help her out with the garden. But she did most of the garden in the first year. And I just really liked it. So then I just kept going with it. And then we expanded it. You know, we've done different things with it. We used to just plant straight in the ground. We didn't know anything. You know, just put seeds in the ground. You're good to go, right? Maybe a little mound or something. But it wasn't like what we have now where we got raised beds and trellises and all this other stuff. That's all been kind of, it kind of built up to that. You know, we we did all the normal kind of gardening. And then I was started researching more in the past few years so really like for me the gardening gardening really been the past three years It's when I really got into it and I was like I'm gonna have this awesome garden I really enjoyed being out there working in it and it's relaxing you know it helps take some tension and relieve some stress you know I have a pretty stressful job I'm working all day long getting calls that machines are broken this and that so I gotta go fix them and you know it's just kind of chaos a lot of the time so going out to the garden is just like a peaceful relaxing quiet thing you know sometimes it's nice to get out there in the morning before I go to work you know kind of centers you a little bit so that's always good but I I just really enjoy being out there so the past three years I've just kind of been pushing and pushing the garden more and trying to do more and more with it and extend our season and all that kind of stuff so the past three years is when we got really serious about it
1: wait and, and but like what motivated that you know you're going from just having you know your wife throws a bed in to like you've got your own greenhouse that you've built now at this point like what what what's the motivation there
0: well i don't know it's just it's good food to have you're you, you're out there it's relaxing therapy to be out there and then i guess a lot of a lot of my drive for doing this stuff was that i started watching youtube videos right i'm like I got to figure out how to make this garden work better because I can't be out here weeding all day long. I got a kid and a wife, you know, and, and I'm also working 70 hours a week. So having the kid, having the wife, working 70 hours a week, gardening time is limited. You know, it's, it's all it's either got to be on the back burner or I got to figure out a better way to do it. So I went on to YouTube and I was trying to see like, what could I do to improve time out in the garden? And I found all that back to Eden type stuff, you know, and and then I got into that and I started watching, uh, well, Justin Rose is one of the first ones I saw. I think a lot of people probably have that as a first person they saw. And then, then what he was doing and going around these different places, I was like, man, like people, like, like you could really do a lot with all your space, you know, and support yourself sort of. I mean, obviously you can't be, I can't be fully self-sustainable on a city lot, you know, but I could grow probably a good amount of food back there for myself and, just seeing that and then seeing the atmosphere that this was giving those people, this is like family atmosphere of being home with their families and kids and being out there working together, like that all kind of just really drove me into wanting to do it more because I just liked seeing that out of all the channels that I had seen originally, you know, like, and I wanted that.
1: Talk to me about the greenhouse itself, though, because I, I think it's one of the things I've been most impressed about. That, that like, you're a guy living in a, in a city lot, and and you have your own greenhouse that you built. Like, w- tell me the story of how you built it.
0: Uh, well, have you ever seen the Texas Prepper uh, greenhouse? You know, that's all I did. I I saw that and I was like, well, that seems pretty easy, you know, just some cattle panels and two by fours and throw plastic on it and you're good to go. right? So I saw that and I've been I've been wanting a greenhouse. I was like, that'd be really cool to have, you know, I could start my own seeds or. I guess I had this dream that I could grow stuff all winter long. And with that style of greenhouse, it's probably not that feasible because it still gets cold. You know, it just cuts down wind coldness in the winter. So but I just really wanted a greenhouse and that seemed like a really good style. And then size-wise, for a backyard in a city, you know, you can't I don't want to can't build like a monstrous, you know, greenhouse, like what I really want. So I saw that and I was like, well, that seems, you know, very feasible to do. It fits in my space pretty well. And that's, you know, that's why I built that one in particular. And I didn't raise it up off the ground or anything. I built it just like they did the, you know, straight onto the ground. You got a little frame, cattle panels bent over into it and it does its job. It does what it's supposed to do, right? It's keeping things at this time of year, it's keeping things growing in there seeds are starting everything's popping up now and it's it's doing what i wanted to do when we get those few nights that are still 30 40 degrees outside at night you know it's sustaining and keeping some heat in there
1: how are you approaching kind of the the planning overall for your lot because i mean can you describe for everybody what your lot size and, and what you guys have set up there
0: well we have it's a half an acre lot and our house is, like, really close to the front. There's probably only 10 feet out to the curb from the front of our house. So I don't know how wide it is exactly. I'm thinking, like, 30 feet maybe, and it's pretty deep. So I started with the garden space that was originally there. Is like, right where all the sun comes in all day long. It's right behind our garage. You know, it gets that sun all the way up until late afternoon when it gets over to garage. So I've been just kept that as the garden area because... It's where we get all the sun. And then, like, I have a back row of the fence. I was like, well, I was thinking that's the perfect place to just put some fruit trees to kind of give me, uh, what do you call it, cover from the neighbors. You know, like, you kind of want a little bit of privacy even though we're in the city. So I was like, oh, a tree line back there would be great. And then I was like, well, fruit trees would be even better because then I could go out there and eat the fruit off them. So I've just kind of been filling in along there a bunch of different fruit trees and bushes and trying to build sort of a permaculture type area just in the back half of the lot. I want to do wood chips and all that, but you know, it's a, a time and money thing. So it's <laughs> slowly working on it. Started with the trees because as we all know, when you go to do anything, you know, trees are the most important thing. If you want fruit trees, you got to get them in the ground. So <laughs> put them in the ground and then we kind of working around them, you know, I want to keep adding on there. Probably want to do another, you know, 30 feet in from the fence line, of just kind of the, the permaculture fruit trees and bushes and all that area and so far that's kind of all we really set up we have like a little herb garden you know on the other side of the garden of the yard and we have the like grape teepee that we built and we have a bean tent over there and that's kind of what we've been growing for a while now that stuff's been there uh, the whole time that we started gardening we kind of worked on that area so we like herbs a lot you know cooking gotta have some fresh herbs <laughs> so we've been setting that up and i don't know just kind of fill in as i go along i'm making it all up <laughs> there's no real plan it's <laughs>
1: well i'm glad you said saying that because you know for me as as we do sort of a small level of gardening here at our place you know it's one of the things i often like find myself getting trapped in of like overthinking my planting calendar and succession planning and how, how am i doing everything and I, I think sometimes yeah it's better just yeah, dive right in and sort of improvise as you go.
0: I mean, it's good and it's bad. I mean, I've had some things that failed and I've lost some trees, and you know, that's an investment that you're making, and then the, the time that you put into that, you're also losing. So sometimes I wish I was like, ah, I wish I had a more clear plan of what I want to do, but then at the same rate, like things change, I see a different, you know, philosophy, and I'm like, oh, well, what about that, you know? And it's hard, like, if you were to research from the beginning. You could spend years just researching how to set up your property to try to do it and then actually implementing It's like another, you know, you're you're looking at 15 years down the road. You're like finally getting something on what you're doing, you know. So, yeah, I have more of a just do it and then let's see what happens.
1: (laughs) What have been some of your biggest lessons since you started just doing it and seeing what happens?
0: I tried to do a cherry tree orchard. I had like six cherry trees and I set them up. I kind of planted them in like a back corner where it had some shade from uh, black walnut trees that were there that are really old and tall and big. And I guess I was thinking, oh well, they'll be all right, you know, they'll survive the shade. Well, they haven't. So I don't have enough sun for them. They don't really have the right uh, setup in the ground, soil-wise. So they kind of been dying. Not many of them have made it. <laughs> I, I think of of the six original ones that we have out there. There's only three that are still you know, producing anything, or putting out buds or anything, so I would say my uh, little cherry corner has kind of been a big failure just because I wasn't planting it very well, you know, that's the idea of, I'm just going to go do it, I'm going to plant these trees back here, and they just, they don't get enough sun, and that's really the biggest downfall for them, really, I I think. Could be something else, I don't know. <laughs> but what's what's been the biggest success you've stumbled on? Uh, Biggest success? The raised beds. (laughs) When we went to the raised beds, it was a lot easier, you know, as far as, like, weeding and all that kind of stuff went, as far as any, like, uh, squash, you know, type stuff that we would grow. We kind of grow it in the raised beds now, either on a trellis or something, and I feel like we've gotten a lot more of them to actually come into fruit to where we can eat them. Because when they're sitting on the ground, they got wet, they rotted, you know, a lot faster, and now they're up on trellises and arches they survive a lot longer we have a lot more opportunity to actually go out and pick them so doing like a vertical gardening and it's also like super maximized our space that we can use back there because it used to be like i plant a you know spaghetti squash and i would have to plan for you know 15 square foot for this thing to grow because they just vine out everywhere where now i can put them in a raised bed they go right up a trellis right down the other side of it and it's not taking up any You know ground space so I can still plant anything else I want like my chard and stuff like that around it and that just maximizes all my space so anything vertical growing up has been uh, probably the biggest success for making our yard work better for getting more produce and stuff.
1: Now I know you're somebody who spends a lot of time gardening with your kids what have you done to, to actually get them interested in it and to be out there with you?
0: I drag them out there. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I started going out there more and more, and they just want to be out there. And You know, we have a big age gap. We have eight, and then we have two. So she likes to come outside and just hang out with Dad and help him out. The two-year-old just likes to be outside. So he's not hard to get out there at all, ever. like I just say, hey, you want to go outside? And he's jumping up and ready to go. I just kind of, I go out there and they want to be out there because they want to hang out with dad, right? And probably some of that is the product of the fact that I work so many hours and I'm gone like that. So any chance they want to get, you know, they want to hang out with me. So that's been good. I use it to my advantage because I want to get them out there. And then when we started growing things and they started trying new things, I feel like, especially my oldest one, she's really gotten into it because now she's like finding new foods that she likes. So she's always wanting to be out there and, oh, what are we going to plant, you know, this or that. She's got her favorite flowers that she has now, so she wants to plant all the sunflowers. You know, my kids are just dying for cucamelon season. The, the little guy will be in the house going, I want cucumbers for dinner, you know, and it's like, well, we don't have any yet. <laughs> so I think that just giving them something to do out there, too, helps, you know. They like to come out there and have little – they have little areas that, like, she works on. Like, this is her garden. She can plant whatever she wants there. nobody's like, roses or flowers or whatever, you know. But it gives her something to do out there, and it gives her a space that's all her own. So I think that really helps with her wanting to be out there and doing stuff.
1: So, you know, as you talk about how much you have to work and plus the kids and the garden and your wife, like, just getting it all going, like – How do you try to create balance when you've got so many demands and so many directions?
0: Uh, I feel like I I fail sometimes at the balance thing. (laughs) It's super hard. Like my wife's home a lot with the kids all day long. You know, if I'm out of town that she has all day long that she has to be with them. So it's nonstop for her. She never gets a break. So when I come home, I try to get them out there. You know, this is part of dragging them outside with me is that it gives her a break. And then it gives me the time with the kids. You know, we get the do whatever and then wear them all out because they're outside all day long and then we can get them to bed you know and and then I can hang out with the wife some. It, it's hard because there isn't like a ton of balance really to do because I just work so many hours usually and if I'm out of town then all those hours are spent away from the house you know so there are times where I just come home and we don't do anything just kind of hang out and you know I, I play with the kids or you know the wife and I will go on a date or something and nothing gets done and those, you know. Those are days where sometimes you're you're frustrated by it, and I just got to accept it sometimes, like, oh, I guess I'm not getting that done, you know, this this weekend or whatever, so. Well,
1: but, but I think sometimes you have
0: to kind of let certain things slide, right? Like, if
1: you're, you know, so focused on trying to make everything you do at sort of the maximum level, you know, it's going to. Drain, be a drain, I think, on, on the overall quality of your life when you have that many different demands.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you can stress yourself out. <laughs> I've, I've stressed myself out recently in the past few months, uh, you know, on a few occasions, and just, you know, I've had to just kind of step back and, you know, let something go, and it was either, like, and try to focus on the, the main stuff, you know, because the garden's not, you know, our life. It's not providing everything for us. I mean, I have the job. I have a pretty decent job you know we can afford food and all that i would like for the garden to provide a lot <clears throat> to provide a lot more for us but you know it's just not there yet and so letting letting the garden go is usually the easiest thing to let go because it requires the most extra work so you just walk away from that and say all right well but i get done what i get done you know and that's it and that, that makes sense
1: as, as you're looking towards the future like, what are your plans? Do you kind of want to continue to sort of do the homesteading thing in, in sort of a more urban setting, or are, do you have dreams of the country? Like, like, what are your future <laughs> thoughts on that? Uh,
0: I like living in the city. It's nice to be able to, like, walk downtown and do stuff. You know, there's always things to do in the summer. Uh, we have, like, a fair, The you know, the days, little festivals that we have. There's, like, an art gallery in our town, and... Our library is really close, and they do a bunch of stuff for the kids, so it's really nice to just be able to, especially on summer days, just walk down there, you know, and enjoy the day down there. So, I I really like stuff like that. Our town also has, like, a lot of parks, and there's, like, a, a stream, there's little ponds and stuff, so we have, like, nature built into our little city, and we can kind of walk over there, and <clears throat> I get my country balance because my parents, they own 85 acres out in the country, right, so... If I wanna do country boy stuff, I go out there and I do country boy stuff and I come back to the city and you know I can have my city life that I wanna have. <laughs> so I don't really think we would ever move to the country. I think we're more of city people, but like just trying to do the most we can with what we have is like just my real goal is I wanna to try to push it to where you know I'm producing a ton of food on just a small lot and people are like, holy cow, like look at this guy's yard. You know like I want that
1: <laughs> we're doing actually something more similar to what you were doing, where we had a tiny little lot in DC and we had, you know, just a couple of raised beds and and tried to get as much as we possibly could out of them. Um, but then at the same time, you know, we had these dreams of, of being out in the middle of nowhere and farming, but you know, there there is a lot of trade off between living in the middle of nowhere and having sort of that city quality of life where there's lots of stuff to do, lots of food options. Like, you know, Sort of completely understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, the country life is nice sometimes. You're like, oh, it'd be great to not have neighbors and stuff like that. But it's just something about the city. I kind of like it. You know, I enjoy being here, and I like that my kids will be able to walk down to their friend's house or wherever. You know, and it's not a a big ordeal. It's not you know, it's so far away to where, you know, you're like, ah, oh, wonder where they, if they got there or not or anything. Like, I can see some of their friends from my backyard. You know, so I'll know if they're down there or not. <laughs> Now, do your neighbors think you're weird? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> Nobody's said anything to me yet. So, I mean, we have a neighbor in our back corner. They have chickens. And then, actually, when the uh, that article about us came out in the paper, I actually met one of my other neighbors, like a kitty corner from our house. She had actually come out when she saw me walking uh, Ensley down to the bus and was like, are you the guy from the paper? And she's really into the ideal of you know, growing a lot of vegetables and stuff in her yard, and she's got a pretty good-sized yard like we do, so we had a, you know, interesting conversation that morning about what it would be like if everybody on our street, instead of, you know, mowing their grass four times a week, would plant a fruit tree out in their front yard or something and let it go, you know, and so, it, you know, there's, it's, it's funny, because you find people that are out there wanting to do more, they're just not, I don't know why, but it's like, I mean, maybe they're afraid of the, the work. I mean, there's a lot of work involved in it, right? So maybe people don't want to put in all that extra effort. <laughs> you can just go to the grocery store, right? What advice would you, you have for people,
1: though, like your neighbors who are saying, wow, I'd like to grow more of my own food in sort of a context like your own?
0: I just say you got to do it. Like, <laughs> That's what I did. You know, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to keep going and keep growing more and more because that's what I want to do. and I think it's great that, you know, we, we can grow a, a million zucchini in just our backyard and feed this whole block zucchini all summer long, you know, like, we put a table out front and they can take it for free, like, just take some of these things, like, you know, like, and I, I don't understand why more people aren't into that ideal of just, I mean, there, you can have so much abundance in just your yard, and I look at this yard and we have this, it's a big backyard, it's nice, it's great, but I, I used to look at it as, you know, there's three hours of my, my weekend mowing grass. You know, that's what I look at it as. It's like a waste of time that's not enjoyable. I just look out there and it's just green grass. Like, it it doesn't make me happy at all. Whereas if it was, like, all fruit trees and, you know, vegetables, like, that would make me happy because I'd be like, oh, sweet, man, look at that. You know, when you were a kid, like, when I was a kid, we moved out to the country. And the thing that my brothers and I used to always do was play out in the woods, right? We never played where the grass was mowed or anything. That never got used. But we were out in the woods all the time. So I'm like... If I just planted a bunch of trees in my backyard, those kids would want to be out there. That would be inviting, to, inviting for them. They'd, they'd be out there playing all the time with it, right? Like, because that's, you know, more fun than just playing on a blank sheet of grass. <laughs> like,
1: so, 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 your advice would be essentially just do it. Just
0: do it. I mean, if if you're wanting to do it, why aren't you? Like, just get out there and plant something. You know, like, just throw something in the ground. Get get working on it. <laughs> what are you waiting for?
1: Man, Josh is such a good guy. I I really enjoyed having that conversation with him, and and I hope you guys enjoyed it too and could appreciate seeing a homesteading and farming model that's maybe a little bit different than the textbooks say, but I think that there's a lot of uh, power in that. You know, One of the things that Josh said in that interview of, could you imagine if everybody on our block started to try to grow their own food like this? Well, could you guys imagine out there if, if everybody listening to this tried to grow their own food or... If everybody you knew tried to grow their own food, it would mean very, very different things for the economy of the world. It would mean very different things for the health of the world. And, and I think it would be such a powerful thing. And so I share this because I just like to spread that message and I think it's a great thing. If you want to learn more about Josh and what he's doing up at his place, the Citystead, you can check him out on YouTube. Just search for the Citystead, all one word. Uh, he does some great videos just showing you what's going on with his garden and how he's gardening and raising food in a very, very small context. And that is it. That's all I've got for you guys today in this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And now, as I run through the basic plugs, let's go through them, right? We've got uh, the Goldshaw Farm Podcast Facebook group. Be sure to check that out and, and sign up. Also, if you want to learn more about what we're doing here on our farm, Goldshaw Farm, uh, be sure to check us out. We have a YouTube channel. We put out about two videos a week showing you. All of this stuff that we have going on here specifically. You know, this podcast is so much about all the great stories of homesteading and farming that are happening across the the world, really. Well, what we try to do is tell a good story about our farm specifically on our YouTube channel. So check it out. You guys might enjoy it. And I just want to say thank you guys for subscribing to this podcast. If you have already, wherever you get your podcast. thank you for writing reviews. You know, it really feels so cool to hear some of the nice things you guys are saying about us. I also really enjoy some of the feedback. Hopefully you guys are enjoying some of the audio quality and some of the improvements that we're making there. We're going to keep trying to get better. You know, we're just still learning how to do this whole podcast thing. So please bear with us. Uh, we're we're only going to get better from here. <laughs> and, and that's really all I got for this episode. Um, with that, I will ask my good friend, Mr. Keith Pierce, to play our theme song.
0: It's got a soul. This hero farm, it falls asleep inside my arms. We work the fields under the stars. The love is here, here at Goldshaw Farms. A city life yet yeah, had its charms, but we would dream of the fields under the stars. I fall asleep. Inside its arms, the love is here at Gold Farms. The love is here at Gold Farms.